Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Weighing In, the League of Legends talk show. I am your host, Josh Waite, and here's my constant co-host and brother, Ollie. How are you doing this morning, Ollie? I'm very good, thank you, Josh. How are you? It's excellent, thank you. Are you excited to talk about this week's games? I am. It's been an interesting week. It's Lots of upsets. An interesting week might be an up, uh, an understatement, definitely. But before we do that, we obviously just want to talk about uh, the general League of Legends scene at the moment. And um, before we start diving into North America's, Europe's, and Korea's games, so. I'm going to hand over to you, Ollie, because I know that you want to talk about the patch that we're currently yes. on and maybe next week's patch, um, because obviously that will have a massive impact on the games that we've had this week. Yeah, so I think this patch right now has been quite a weird one, to be honest. Um, but we, we've we've seen some big like champs come out recently, especially like in the bot yeah. lane. We've seen we've seen Caitlyn do. It, extremely well this patch uh we've seen Senna being played adc a lot which is which is quite nice to see uh but i'm really excited for the next patch um which is coming out on thursday actually they, they they've been sort of teasing it in the client recently and they're releasing the new yeah. champion so, that's what i was about to say and i have to admit that i don't know anything about yon where i've been watching so many of this week's games and kind of Trying to wrap my head around Sona Lux bot lane. I haven't really had a chance. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, what does this champion do? And obviously, we won't see it in competitive play next week, but probably for the playoffs, we're going to be seeing this. So, could you talk more about exactly what this champion does? Yeah, sure. So, it's in in terms of lore, it's Yasuo's brother. Um, yeah. And the, there was a really right release, a really, really cool cinematic. I de definitely recommend you go and watch it if you haven't. Um, basically introducing him and he pretty much looks like a kind of a Yasuo copy. He has a couple of knockups in his uh, tool set plus he's like a melee fighter with the lunge the same way Yasuo does with his Q. Um, yeah. Doesn't have like the wind war abilities but he does have an, a really nice big knockup ult the same as like Yasuo can do. Mm. So it, it seems that Yon and Yasuo will work really really well together uh, okay. in game. But I'm and not now, obviously sure. Got what role that Yon will play yet. Yeah. We've got to see where the numbers land, obviously, with the kit. But do you expect this as a possible pro play pick? Or do you think it's going to kind of stay as one of those solo queue monsters? It really depends, I think, on, on where people play or what role. Right now, it's looking like he'll probably be a mid laner. So, to be fair, his, his tool set looks more versatile than Yasuo's. So I would imagine he probably would get will get some play in pro play at least. And yeah, because we are seeing Yasuo at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. And Yon Yon seems a bit more like a just a more of uh, a more versatile champ. So mm. it should be interesting to see at least. Well, brilliant. And that one launches uh, this week Thursday. Yes. So it will be hitting pro play for the playoffs of EU and NA, I believe. And then, uh, God, week nine or 10 for Korea, probably. Yeah. Brilliant. Anything else you want to talk about, about the kind of current patch that we're on? Obviously, we've seen the absolutely massive rise of Caitlyn yeah. going from basically 0% pick in pro play to 
um, waltz looking like a powerhouse actually both in and out of the lane yeah she's very good especially at the moment she's very good at just being able to zone in the bot lane and force those early trades which can gain your gain you and your support a lead and getting that level advantage early and the CS advantage. It's very important for that to be done on bot lane and Kaylin does that so well at the moment. Yeah, and that's definitely has translated through to the pro games. It's not just a solo queue monster yeah. at the moment. It really is. We've seen, I think I've got it here. We've seen it played six times already in North America alone. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's got 50% pick rate at the moment. And admittedly, it's only a 50% win rate. But in the games where it is working, it definitely looks pretty monstrous. Mm, without a doubt. And I think if you're if you're happy to start talking about this week's uh, LCS games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was week eight of the LCS. And definitely a shocking week and one of the teams that really uh jumped on the caitlin hype train was tsm this weekend using it in both of their games securing victories in both of their games let's talk about the first game first in eg tsm looked pretty great in this game at least in my opinion mm, i agree and i think bjergsen was the standout carry on his zillion again really was you know controlling space really well in the game every single ultimate from this zillion looked amazing he just had the timing down and none of them seemed to whip i agree the 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 way that he pretty much just used his crowd control to his advantage getting those early picks as well being able mm. to find people during the late game as well and pretty much just carrying his team to victory was was really yeah. well done definitely definitely and like you know it's been a while since we've been very excited about Bjergsen, but the fact that he's like TPing in for flanks on Zillion, he he you know he starts a fight, gets low, uses one ult, goes back to base, TPs in for a flank, and then finishes yeah. it out with another ult to save a teammate. Like you know, you have to be worried about the Zillion pick right when you're going up against TSM in these best of fives. Yeah, I feel like Zillion's probably not someone you would usually be scared of, but when when Bjergsen's on it, you might want to watch out now. Teams are definitely going to be wary of that pick. Yeah, and that wasn't even the most surprising game for TSM this weekend, because we no. have to talk about their game last night against Cloud9. Give me yes. your thoughts on that. I thought it was in... Just, C9 just didn't look with it in that game. I thought T T TSM looked really great, though. Double lift. Great on Caitlyn. Again, that Caitlyn pick being super strong for them. Um, Absolutely amazing. Winning top with Irelia as well, which, which was really impressive mm -hmm. uh, versus the Kennen. I wanted I wanted your opinion on that matchup because I don't know if you were listening to the casters during the, the early laning phase of that game, but they were kind of talking and they were split whether or not they thought this was an Aurelia favored matchup or a Ken yeah. favored matchup. And if you look, if you look in solo queue, it's like between one and 2% Irelia favored, but what's your opinion? To be honest, I would probably say Irelia just because of the way that she can move around, especially when she hits six. If she gets a big ult on Kennen and Kennen doesn't have uh, kills or the farm lead, then Irelia wins that every time, in my opinion. But it, yeah. I guess it really just depends on who has the lead and 
effectively the better jungler. Whoever can whoever can gank that lane and get their laner further ahead, then that's gonna win. And that's what happened to Irelia in this in this case. So yeah, hard winning the I lane. Mean, it looked a little bit strange, and I think that the the Doran's ring start by Licorice on the cannon didn't didn't feel great to me. I know there's been a little bit of talk around this, and I read a really good tweet actually by a uh, a masters level Irelia top one trick. Yeah, no, cannon top one trick. Sorry, and so. There were lots of people saying, should he have gone Doran's Blade? Should he have gone Doran's Shield? He decided on the Doran's Ring. And I think he really got punished for that, actually. Yes, I um, agree. I think the lane would have been a lot better for him if he had gone for the Shield, personally. Because yeah. I don't think that the Kennen is really going to be auto-attacking the Aurelia a lot. Like, yeah, maybe you get some cues off and that's really good with the Ring, but... It just seemed like he needed that extra defense, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Irelia can can easily win the lane, though, especially because Irelia usually will build Trinity Force first item. Um, if that cannon's coming at you with his E and his ult, you can just pretty much dash on him straight away with your Q and take him down to pretty low health very quickly. That cannon's either going to run away or die, pretty much. Yeah. And we and we definitely saw uh, Licorice giving a lot of respect to Broken Blade. Yes. You know, sitting back, not actually farming all the time. Uh, and Broken Blade played that really well. He kept a good freeze. He really zoned yeah. um, the cannon off the and minions. Especially do dodging but... the shurikens was a key part of winning that lane, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Especially and... on Aurelia. And he works, he looks like he's working really well with Speaker. This is one of the best games I think we've seen from Speaker this whole split. Going up against Blabber, you always knew that was going to be hard. And, and you know, they, uh, Cloud9 early picked the Volley Bear, which is a really, really, really strong jungler for Blabber. But he just didn't, mm. at least in my opinion, he didn't feel like he was doing anything. And Speaker playing the set really well just supporting um his top lane so much and the roams from bjergsen on the tf once again kind of using this individual prowess that we talk about to snowball his top lane and bottom lane was really impressive yeah i agree i think especially the set picks very strong at the moment um for mm. tsm looking really really good with that in their team comp yeah and so my question to you, Ollie, is, is do you consider Bjergsen an MVP candidate yet? Because, you know, start of the split, you know, Cloud9 went 9-0. and We were kind of talking about uh, Blabber or Niski being clear front runners. They've started yeah. to struggle a little bit now. A lot of people are really hot on uh, Core JJ, less so on Jensen now, but Core JJ definitely is the biggest factor for his team. Yeah, that's but true. TSM really wouldn't be able to function as much without Bjergsen. So do, do you think he's kind of getting into that second place candidate for MVP at the moment? I would say he probably is up there for me. I'd say top three without a doubt, just because of the way he's been able to transform the team recently effectively. Uh, I'd definitely say CoreJJ is still up there for me because the way yeah, he's it's... worked with Team Liquid, they're, they're doing so well at the moment. And they're still they first place, like, and 
I'd is, say probably J- Jensen's up there for me as well. Really? Yeah. I think he so, he's, he just like excels above anyone else in the carry lanes on that team. Who who would you rank? Go go and rank me your one, two, three then. So at top, I'd probably give it to Core JJ. Mm-hmm. Second, Bjergsen, and then third, probably Jensen. But then again, it probably would. My third place might be from someone from another team, just because two people from Liquid is a bit like you've already got yeah. Core JJ doing so well on that team. I would, I would have to go. I agree. Probably Core JJ deserves the MVP first place, and I think Bjergsen, especially if you look at the surge that TSM are having around him at the end of this split. Yeah, that's very but true. I think third place, I might still give it to Blabber. I'm going to be honest because I know yeah. we we feel a little bit we feel a little bit cold on Cloud Nine now, but mm. they are still tied for second place. True, that's true, and and a lot of that comes from him. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Niski's still a very good player though, and he still does very well for his team. I'd say he's still like definitely a candidate for me. Not top three, I don't think, but I. I don't know if I can consider him a candidate anymore because he just he doesn't carry like the other people that we think of. And don't get me wrong, I think that he's amazing at playing this Doinby-esque style of helping out Blabber, but my my vote will always go to the person who is really doing a lot of the heavy lifting, which I think in this Cloud9 lineup is Blabber over Niski. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, definitely. But it was a, a rough week for Cloud9, admittedly. They had their loss to TSM on Sunday night, but even before then, they had lost to Golden Guardians. Yeah. And that's a shock. That is a, a genuine shock on I mean, Saturday night. Like Golden Guardians had a 2 week weekend, which was just very impressive from them, to be honest. Yeah, and they looked... And they looked great, like, coming into the Golden Guardians Cloud9 game. Both teams had pretty standard team comp. Admittedly, Blabble was on more of a supportive pick in the trundle. But, yeah. you know, Niski got his Zoe. So you kind of expect this team to be a peak Cloud9 performance. And it was a good performance by Cloud9, don't get me wrong, but... Golden Guardians just look like they're having a late resurgence at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, DeMonte in the mid lane really does look like he is having a renaissance and almost being justified in giving this position back to him after being out of the league for so long. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree. But it is, it is disappointing, I think, from yeah, Cloud9. For and I know... 100%. Having read some of their Twitter uh, posts, I know they're really un- unhappy with how the end of the split is going. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't imagine. I mean, yeah, they've they've had I mean, a O2 week. It's not been great for them. Um, it's, their, it's their first O2 week in two years. Yeah, I mean, they they've been having like they've been having some really good games recently. Like, uh, mm. I, I, they did lose to Liquid the other week, right? Um, well. So this is a, a very interesting stat for you, Ollie. Cloud9 went 9-0 and in the first round, Robin. Yeah. And they're now 2-5 and five in the second round, Robin. Mm-hmm. It's, they've had a... Are we, 
Are we hitting the panic button yet on Cloud9? Maybe. Losing to 100 Thieves was not their best, not their best, uh, not their best game by by a long shot. I mean, they're losing a lot. They have been. Like, I'm I guess the, the loss of Liquid losing. is um is uh, right. pretty expected, but yeah, but they've lost to 100 Thieves. Yeah. They lost to FlyQuest. Hmm. And EG. No, sorry, they didn't lose to FlyQuest. Sorry. 100 Thieves. EG, Team Liquid at TSM and Golden Guardians. So the TSM and the Team Liquid ones, I can be a little bit more forgiving. But yeah. 100 Thieves, yeah. pretty bottom of the table, although they are doing well. EG look at disarray at the moment. Mm. And losing to them really isn't great. I mean... True. And like, you know, I just... I don't know where the magic has gone for Cloud9 right now. I really don't. I don't know what they can do. They were trying some different things, and they lost. They pulled, they pulled out the Sona Lux um, two weeks ago against Team Liquid, and yes, yeah. they lost that game, but that wasn't because of the pick, at least in my opinion. It was because Cloud9 played bad against Team Liquid. Team Liquid just played better, and that was another MVP performance from our man Core JJ on the Blitzcrank, just yeah. absolutely destroying that game. He really did pick all of Team Liquid up and carry them to the victory. Yeah, I mean, he's playing out of his mind at the moment in the past few weeks. He really is. And so do you think now, if we look at the standings after week eight, yeah. we currently have Team Liquid in first place, two wins ahead of uh, Cloud9 and TSM tied for second place. Is Team Liquid the best team in North America now? I kind of have to say yes. Just because they beat Cloud9, the second place team, well, they were the second place team now drawing with TSM, obviously. Uh, they beat the yeah. second place team uh, two weeks ago or a week ago now. I just have to see them as the best. Um Along with TSM beating Cloud9, it will be very interesting to see Liquid versus TSM. After that game, I'll be able to make my mind up a yeah. bit more, I think. But for now, I think Liquid, without a doubt, is, is definitely top two, if not the first place. I'd probably give it to them. Okay, that's interesting. So, my biggest concern when I look at Team Liquid is just their style. They're so slow. And I yeah. know that can work really well in North America because traditionally North American teams make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't fill me with hope going into Worlds at the end of the year. We've seen how many times have we seen this kind of like perennial slow North American team get absolutely destroyed by the Europeans or the Chinese. Yeah. Like even the Koreans can just do that slow style better, you know. Yes, I agree. I agree. But we'll have to see, definitely, because Maybe. I mean, so so you 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 say that Team Liquid is probably the best team in North America. But let let me ask you this: Say we send Team Liquid, Cloud9, and TSM to Worlds. They're the top three now. Who are you most excited for at Worlds? Because for me, it definitely isn't Team Liquid, even if they are the best team at the moment. From NA, who am I most excited for? At Worlds, yeah. I would probably have to say TSM just because of their flashy style 
Bjergsen at Worlds could could do really really well. That would it, that, that, it does excite me, but I'm not sure they would do the best. I I think I don't know. I mean, I just see Team Liquid getting destroyed by another fast-paced team. And maybe you look at Cloud9, you look at TSM, although they're not as consistent as Team Liquid, if they make it through to quarterfinals and get these best of fives, I, I believe that they'll be able to get more wins in a best of five because, yeah, some games they're going to get stomped. Yeah, that's the nature of these more coin flippy teams. But with the skill on both both Cloud9 and TSM, I believe they've got a better chance of winning some best of fives against the Korean and uh, Chinese teams. I just think that if if any of those top three teams from NA were to make it to the quarterfinals or the semifinals, and they come up against a team like DRX or Dan One, they just don't win in any way. Because they, they they just have a better playstyle, they play faster, <laughs> flashier. They will just outplay you, and there's nothing that you can very do. Very well, that. might might be true, but we'll talk about those later. The other thing I do want to talk about in the standings is obviously the top two spots currently for North America get the bye, so they go straight to the uh, upper bracket semi-finals. Yes, which is massive. Because not huge. only are you getting double elimination, but you don't have to play in the quarterfinals. Uh-huh. And with Team Liquid basically guaranteed a top two finish, if not first place, hmm. it is kind of down to TSM and Cloud9 to see which one of them can lock in that second buy. Yeah. And Cloud9 face Dignitas and CLG. So they definitely have a significantly easier week easier week than TSM who play Golden Guardians, so we might consider that a win. Yeah. Then they have to play Team Liquid in their last game. That is definitely gonna be a tough one. And that'll be really tough. But the interesting thing is if these two teams tie, either they both go two oh, they both go one one, mm. there will be a tiebreaker. So we will see next yeah. week possibly another TSM C9 game. No, that would be another interesting one. It really would. And to make it even more interesting, I'm pretty sure as long as there aren't too many tiebreakers, those would come after the Sunday games. So we would see TSM TL on Sunday, followed by possibly TSM C9. Yes, that would be a very exciting day. <laughs> yeah. And there's... Obviously, it's quite unlikely that TSM managed to challenge for the top spot, but if by some if by some means TL lose to Immortals and then TSM can beat Team Liquid, they'll be tied for first place. Yes. Which is absolutely insane for a team that we were both pretty pessimistic on at the start of the split. Yeah, 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 true. It's 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 um It's going to be a very interesting time, especially right now yeah. when, as we're coming, we're coming to the coming to the end. Just to see what happens, mm -hmm. I'm very excited. And so, turning our thoughts to maybe the teams we're less excited about in North America. Yes. Um. Obviously, only two teams will miss out on playoffs because all the top eight go into playoffs yeah. at this. So. 
who do you think is going to miss playoffs? Because although 100 Thieves and CLG are currently 7th and 8th right now, mm. CLG have gone, after their 4-2 and two start, have gone 1-9 and nine in their last 10 games. Yeah, CLG have been very disappointing recently. I'm not sure they will even make play- playoffs, to be honest, at this point. Um, who do you put above uh, Who do I put above them? Yeah, so currently, everyone from EG above has locked their playoff spot. Yeah, so it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. 100 Thieves, COG, Dignitas and Immortals, which are the four teams left to secure a playoff spot. So who do you think? Because I, I can't see a way that COG turn it all around and make it to playoffs with two games left. Well, you say that, but then you look at the other teams who are in the bottom four here, and it's just... Uh, just like who else do you really have to pick from there? <laughs> Apart from a hundred thieves, I guess they they have the, they have the win on CLG. I think I believe in a hundred thieves. I really do. I think that although they are not an amazing team, they are clearly improving a lot. Yeah, I agree. I and agree you can always count on Sunday to win some games. Yeah, for true. You, you know, still a beast. In in last night's game against Immortals on Sunday on the gangplank was absolutely a amazing against the he just he just solo carried that he had twice as much farm at like five minutes into the game genuinely he was stomping his lane and the amount of damage that he was doing going for quite a greedy build yeah uh, you know, he was taking over that game and i don't see why he can't do that against who are they playing next week dignitas and eg that's true they, they they've got a Pretty decent week. And so Dignitas play Cloud9 and 100 Thieves, which might be two losses. Yeah. Immortals play Team Liquid and FlyQuest. I don't see them winning either of those games, personally. Yeah, neither. I mean, the FlyQuest game, they might have a chance, but Liquid will just dominate that game. And CLG are losing to Cloud... are going to play Cloud9 and FlyQuest. They might lose both of those as well. Yeah true and so i really do think that you know if clg just if clg dignitas and immortals all go o2 this week clg just goes through yeah true and i'm not free pass i'm not excited about that but I think CLG are terrible. I just think the teams below them are even worse. Yeah. I just really want to see one of these teams have a really, really clean 2-0 week and like earn that playoff spot, in my opinion. I mean, it, well, yeah, it just makes them into playoffs. And I think that, you know, you look at the, t- the top of the bottom, essentially, of the league in 100 Thieves, and I think they can do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're the only team that I'm excited about, you know. Um. They're currently, I think, five and five with the new lineup having brought in contracts and boom. And both of those guys look great. So I do feel yeah. like they're the only one of these bottom teams that I have any real excitement for. Yeah, true. And you can always count on Cody Sun to like do decently in some games, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know. And and, and then, you know, if you get Half a carry from Cody's son and a, and a carry game from someday. someday. Yeah. 
they they might go 2-0 next week and then you know maybe they're looking at challenging really for the middle of the table I don't think there's no way that they can get uh like a playoff spy but there is a chance they could be fighting for an upper bracket start because everything from the teams from third to sixth get an upper bracket upper bracket start in the quarterfinals mm. which means they do get a double limb and that would be a massive thing for a team like 100 thieves i think they would benefit so much from playing a best of five even if they lose it right yeah true with with the newer players, it would definitely be really beneficial, I think, for that team. Yes, I agree. Without a doubt. And that's something they're definitely going to be pushing for, I'm sure. Mm. Especially if we see, you know, teams like EG keep free-falling, which I, you know, I think they are at the moment. I'm not 100% sold on this Huni Golden Glue swap yet. It looks okay, but the team seems to have uh, no soul without Jazuke. They don't seem to have a clear game plan that they want to play every single time. Mm, I agree. I agree. It looks they look like they're pretty much just all over the place at the moment, losing games yeah. left and right, which is it's just unfortunate. But it's it's really disappointing because this is our you know our third place team from spring. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame to see them. Do do put like really well in that in that split, but now just not mm. finding their feet in this split, I guess. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the other teams have really, really ranked up a lot. Yeah, um, which is great to see. It's definitely, at least at the top of the table, a significantly more competitive split than it was in spring. So I'm I'm really pleased to see that, and it gives me a little bit of hope going yeah. forward. I agree. It's. It's nice to see some teams do better. Have you got anything else you want to kind of bring up from North America? Are you ready to head forward and talk about uh, the good League of Legends? And by good League of (sighs) Legends, I mean I mean Europe, obviously, because um, this week was uh, was crazy. Was was crazy. Crazy games this week. It really was. I mean, EU is always crazy, and uh, again, they're in week seven, so it's their penultimate week. Yep. Uh, super week next week so this week crazy stuff really setting up for uh and you know a crazy last week of the split so where where do you want to start um i guess we can start with just one thing i really want to talk about is the sona luck spot lane from yep. mad lines that was a i love it it was just it worked so well so surprisingly as well and, and it's and it is genius, it I is think, to very, bring it out against Origin. I think it's brilliant to bring it out against Origin because, you know, lots of European teams play a little bit more of a fast-paced style, and that's how you punish this Sony Lux bot lane, right? Yeah. Because they're really weak in the early game. But yes. the one Europe the one European team you don't expect to do early game moves is Origin. Yeah. You know, they are the slowest team and they just said, all right, Origin, we'll we'll play you at this slightly slower pace style. And I think Origin kind of realized that that, that Mad Lions were going to play a slightly slower paced game mm. around the Sonar Lux with the Hecarim. And, and admittedly, you know, kudos to OG, they drafted quite an aggressive team comp you know they had the 
uh, Quinn, Rek'Sai, Syndra, and then Zyra Khan. Yeah. But they just look so... OG looks so bad when they try and do these fast-paced games. They really do. I agree. They just It doesn't suit their style. From what we've seen for, throughout the whole split, they suit a more a more slower style. But coming against, against this, they probably just didn't really know what to do, to be honest, against the side yeah. locks, especially I mean, when it got into mid-game. They look so strong, honestly. And, like, we saw this two weeks ago um, from Cloud9, and that was the first time it was brought out in a major region. But that's not a lot of time to prepare for something that is really quite a significant change. Mm. Absolutely. It's it's a cute it's a it's never been played before really before that before Cloud Nine did. Uh, I just feel mm. like it works so well together. It's a really 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 clever strategy, and I feel yeah. like if done if done right, it can be extremely effective. If done wrong though, it can just lose you the game. Yes, it definitely can, and I think we'll come on to talk later about one of the LCK games where the Sona Lux was really punished actually. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah. But although we talk about this great game for Mad Lines against Origin, talk to me about their loss against Vitality. Yeah. Because that is really disappointing for me, actually. I have a lot of I've lot of faith, I've a lot of hype around this Mad Lion squad, and to see them struggle so much against uh, Vitality, what happened? Vit just looked really good, I think. Especially in the bot lane, forcing a load of fights. Um Getting the early lead was like really, really important for them, I think, in that lane and yeah. in the game especially. And the Lee Sin was just like on point in that game. Winning yeah, the late I game mean, for them pretty much single-handedly, in my opinion. Skeen's, Skeen's got the MP, MVP on that Lee Sin and boy, did he work hard for it. He really was channeling his inner shadow to sneak into those back lines and get some absolutely amazing kicks onto yes. the members of Bad Lions to turn those fights around. Yeah, and with the, with the team comp as well, it's like was really yeah. nice. Played straight into that lease in, perfect for him. He just Definitely. had a yeah. Skins had a really and, nice game, really easy. And game. also, I I think you have to talk about the standout performance from Cavo Shard on yeah. this set. Taking it away from the jungle, putting it into top lane is something a little bit different that we don't always see. But his engages were amazing they really were the way he was positioning coming into fights using the showstopper into a great face breaker onto you know some of the less mobile members of the mad lions team the oriana and the gangplank really did struggle against this uh, set from cabo shard i agree i think sets very strong and especially cabo's showstoppers were just really, really well executed in that game. Yeah. Taking those ultimates, were... being able to pin down his targets, just beautifully played. And they were able to line up a lot of the CC really well around it. A couple of times uh, with Cabochard going in, using uh, a lot of crowd control to stun up members. Mm. You had the Caitlyn on Vitality's side, putting down traps underneath those stun members. It just made... Yeah. So it made it so difficult for Mad Lions to position correctly in these team fights and actually kind of kite back and disengage a little bit like they wanted to do. 
Yeah, I agree. It's their their team comp was really well played. They definitely fought. They've definitely thought about that a lot beforehand. The mm. Caitlyn with set and the Lee Sin as well. They've definitely fought about yeah. that team comp. Played it in scrims, etc. Yeah, definitely. It looks it looks great, and that's a a great sign for Vitality. But it really shows that although we consider Mad Lions to be top of the table, um, they are not unbeatable like mm. old G2 used to be and we'll have to see how they fare coming into playoffs because whoever out of uh, Mad Lions and Rogue whoever gets that top spot this split guarantees first place overall going into the playoffs which guarantees them at least fourth place which is a seed to go to worlds from europe this year yeah and so they really are they really are fighting essentially to go to worlds at the moment yeah yeah without a doubt 100 percent. that's what it's all about right now mm -hmm. and those and those are the two teams that we see doing it you know they're both tied for first place yeah three wins ahead of uh third with uh sk and g2 and i think I think Mad Lions have the tiebreaker currently over Rogue. Yeah. I think, let me look. I can't find the game. Yeah, they have that uh, Rogue lost to Mad Lions once already, and I think they still need to play next week on Friday. So if Mad yes. can beat Rogue in their first game of the week, even if they tie, they don't even have to play a tiebreaker. Yeah, true. And they're guaranteed worlds. Uh, the same with like Rogue. Rogue had a game this week, which pretty much would have guaranteed them Rogue uh, worlds rather against SK. Just didn't mm. win. It was, was that such a the disappointing game. Craziest game ever. Talk to me about that because I know that was one you were. Yeah, it's definitely a highlight from my mouth week. open. Yeah. Um. So Rogue looked extremely good in the early game. They they mm. got some really nice picks, had great dragon jungle control, but SK kept stealing their drakes. Yeah, Rogue didn't and, get a single drake in the first like twenty minutes. The the crazy thing about this is right is that we don't think of Rogue as the super strong early game team, early game team, but they were doing it right, and that's slightly unusual. Yeah, they 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 had like a six kill lead very early. Had a 5k gold lead at 20 minutes, and all they needed to do at that point was just take objectives, win the game. That's it was yeah. very very simple. They had everyone really fed, and there was there was that pivotal moment around the third Drake, I think it was. Yes. Uh, Rogue having got the first two, no, sorry, SK having got the first two. Yes. Rogue were in a great position to take the third dragon. You stop the stacking. You know, really delay that soul. And it just gets stolen. Yeah. SK forced that, the fight. And that would have been mad enough, right? Yeah, that would have been mad enough. Rogue for they were they had like a seven kill lead or something, they were think they were thinking, right, we need to get Baron, push this, they won the game. They were ahead on gold, it's all they had to do. And he smited Drake. Yep. And Sin just stole it on about 30 HP. It was just oh, the most disappointing thing. Heartbreaking. It really is. And that's such a... Not a simple thing to do. Because obviously in those moments, the adrenaline's going. 
you might make a mistake, but it just could have been a lot cleaner of a setup. You know, they could have burst it down at the same time. They could have decided to turn on the Syndra, but it just seemed a bit indecisive to me. On yeah, the side they of Krog. Just, they, I mean, SK forced the fight, which was extremely unexpected. I think they would. Mm. I think Rogue were just expecting it to just happen. Um, and then yeah, they they SK secured the uh, Cloud Soul. I'm pretty sure it was they got from the the fourth Drake, and just pushed up, got got like four kills, and just won the game. Very very simple yeah. for them to execute. The game switched pretty much immediately. SK playing playing that to their advantage, managing to get the Baron. I don't think they were even expecting to do that, but they got it and they won the game. So really well done to them actually. For, for... and it's. It's these kind of sloppy mistakes from Rogue that will stop them from getting first place and getting that guaranteed world spot. I agree. The, the Baron Smite is—it was just so—it was so disappointing. You never expect to see that on such a high level of play. At the, your rank one EU team, you're not expecting that, but it's just—it's oh. just disappointing. It'll be very interesting to see what happened next week. So obviously all the teams are playing three best of ones. So Mad Lions and Rogue play against each other. And then Mad Lions have to play Misfits and Schalke, who we'll get to talk about later. Don't worry, we're going to talk about Schalke. Yes. Um, and Rogue have to play against Vitality and Origin. And so you think... Most likely, Mad and Rogue win their other games. Mm. So it will come down to probably that Mad Lions versus Rogue game. If Mad win, they're guaranteed first place. If yep. Rogue win, they end up one win above Mad at the end of the thing. So it doesn't even matter that they've only gone one one against each other. Yeah. It's. I mean, I think personally, Mad will probably take the game, uh, just because of the way Rogue looks so sloppy this week. It's it's just a a little bit disappointing, but I feel yeah. like we'll we'll just have to wait and see. It's it's very interesting because obviously we we talk about both of these teams, Mad and Rogue, losing a game to a lower team, mm. but the difference for me comes in that Mad looks really good in the game. They looked yeah. strong. It was Vitality having an amazing game, whereas it was Rogue kind of throwing the game yes. and SK were just there to catch it. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like SK's Syndra pick really, really worked well there because mm. Syndra hit her power spike with Baron and the Cloud Soul and just did so much damage and Rogue just weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for that power spike that happened from, from pretty much no kills, just farming all game. The, the, yeah. item, the item power spike on Syndra is just was very, very nice and well played by SK. Mm. Rogue just won't And so, an, another team who we might be excited about is G2. They look a little bit better yeah. this week, actually. I thought they had a really good week. Um, mm. I got some old G2 flashbacks, I can't lie. But <laughs> we'll have to wait and see for that one. But I thought they had a really, really nice week, winning over Vitality and Fnatic. Yeah. And both games looked looked pretty strong, although the team comps were relatively standard. It wasn't 
crazy G2 stuff. No. Pretty the play standard. was good, and Caps, and Caps looks great. That's the yeah. thing that you really, really can. I think he picked up both of the MVPs this week on Zoe and LeBlanc. He just looks like a monster. Yeah, his Zoe was really insane. Um, and I think if you can play, if any team can play Zoe to like a really good level in the mid lane, it's it's extremely good, like extremely mm. good. Especially Caps playing it out of his mind, pretty much in that game. Yeah, definitely played very well. And you have to give props to anyone who can pick up Zoe and do and do stuff like that, and pretty much mm -hmm. hyper carry. From teams that we are excited about to teams that we're maybe less excited about who do you want to talk about first og or Fnatic? um let's talk about og because Fnatic just hits a little bit too close to my heart <laughs> so og is another o2 week yeah. losing to mad lions which is understandable but they lost to schalke as well yes. and Although the drafts were interesting, they had some more kind of unique plays in the first game. They did pick a, a you know a Quinn counter pick top lane for Alfari, and you know they had the Syndra and the Lucian, and they decided to switch those so Lucian mid and Syndra bot. Yeah, it, it just didn't hit home. It wasn't feeling like. Uh, Origin really knew how to play some of these different team comps. Yeah, I agree. It it was again really disappointing. Um, it's it, they had they had some good drafts in the drafts. I've I was I was I was excited for the games. I was excited for the games. Mm. I can't lie, but it just seemed like they didn't really know how to execute it. Um, especially with the the ways that they tried to play in the game, it just didn't really look like it was their style. They looked out of their water. It was yeah. just really like really disappointing stuff from them again. I know, and I I think I, I have to wonder how well they were doing with these comps and scrims. Is this something that they had really practiced a lot and were very ready to say this is what we practiced? We're ready to go and do it. You know, we had a a good win rate on it, or was it something where they were struggling a lot in this week's scrims, playing their slower style, and they thought ship we have to do something different and they brought this out with less practice because that's the latter is what it looked like to me yeah and i'm not sure that's a good idea for them to be doing so late in the uh in the split mm. but they i mean they, they do have to try and do something different here if they if they want to make it to playoffs but i mean they are joint seventh place at the moment yeah which is not good. I mean, the, the, <laughs> to put the, it the standings are so close in EU right now. Pretty much from like third place downwards, there's two wins between ninth place and third place, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess and joint, I mean, joint seventh and second and third place, rather. Yeah, and I mean that kind of brings us on to talk about the last place team in Europe, Schalke. With Schalke. And this is a very different last place team to what we were talking about in North America, North America because these guys look great. Yeah, they've had a good week. They had another 2-0 week. They're currently on a four-game win streak. 
doing really well at the moment. They, they look great. And this is crazy. They, I, you know, they went 1-10 and 10 in their first 11 game. And now they've gone 4-0. and 0. And it's not unreasonable to expect them to pick up some wins next week. Yeah. Which could put them into playoffs. I mean, yeah, they've, they've been playing really well. Like, especially with that, that center on ADC, it's something I'm not a huge fan of, but they they play it really really well. So I have to they I have to pilot get... it so well, and the the way that they can get the damage out on this even more supportive AD carry is brilliant. And the ultimate usage always seems to be on point. And they're bringing it into a team comp where it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. You don't rely on, at least they don't rely on this Senna to be the main damage dealer. Admittedly, she can do a lot of damage, right? Yes. But they're picking her with things like a cool top and a Zoe mid against XL, and that looks absolutely yeah. great. It really they did. Are not, they're, they're, they're playing what you would expect to be a much better league than for a 10th team, a tenth place team. Yeah. And they, and they excite me more than a lot of the teams above them in the standings. Yeah. I mean, we've we, we even seen them earlier in the split do do good against G2, picking up their, their I think that was their second win of the, uh, um, that was their, I think that was their second win. They beat G2, which in a really decisive way, absolutely dominated G2 in that to game ages ago. To start off, to start off the four game win streak as yeah. well. Really, really well played. Um. I think they had like 32 kills on G2 or something like that at the end of the game, which was... I think it was something insane. They, they, they just, just dominated it. Really, really performed well. Yeah, and, and we're, we're seeing that now, and I'm really excited, to be honest, to see what they can do yeah. this week. They they bring a lot. Yeah, it was 30, 32 kills to 9 kills. Yeah, that's that is crazy, okay. especially for it's, it's, a team like G2. A 10-1-8 Gilius on the Kazakhs. Yeah. God Gilius coming in really to save this team. He has done amazing. He seems to have ge- given this team a lot of direction. Yeah, I agree. Without a doubt. And that's why, it's, that's why it's looking so good. And he's picking up some of these more slightly damage-heavy junglers. You know, he's played... In, in their four wins, he's played Kazakhs, Nocturne... Lee Sin and and admittedly one Sejuani game, but three quite aggressive high damage picks allows this kind of more supportive bot lane in the center to come out and actually do really well. And I think Sejuani is actually a really good pick. Uh, I think she's really strong. She always has been, even though she's a bit of a, uh, a more slow jungler compared to your something like your Kha'Zix, like we've seen him play uh, frequently. But still, it's, it, he's very effective, and, it, and he does pretty good on it as well, I think. Uh, definitely a good mm. pick, uh, especially for late game, the, the ult can can pretty much change team fighters, without a doubt. Yeah. And he, I mean, he looked he looked great on it, and he didn't need to be that damaged either, because he had the Camille to pair with really nicely in the top lane in that mm. game. Yeah. And so, I think... If you if you go and look at the uh, the official LCS stats Twitter page, they're doing some really good content around the Schalke miracle run at the moment. Mm. So they have an in eight percent of the scenarios, 
Schalke are going to playoffs. 8% chance of playoffs. Which is crazy. Yeah. For the last place team. And although they have a hard week next week, we'll have to see if they can do it because they do look great at the moment. Yes, I will be keep my eyes peeled for those games. And they'll be playing Fnatic on Friday. Should be an interesting game. Shall we talk about yes. Fnatic? If we have to. <laughs> S- <laughs> just super disappointing stuff this week. Um, against G2. Again is the thing. Yeah. I mean, they just didn't look like they ha- they were with it at all. The only person who looked like they kind of knew what they were doing was Records. Again, self-made, really yeah. letting me down on the in against G2 on his leasing. Caps looking insane in that game though, which was it's just disappointing to see Caps just absolutely destroy Nemesis in mid lane. Yeah, and it's just it just feels like this team has been on a kind of gradual slump downwards ever since losing caps and then giving up Broxer, I think lost a lot of the strategy and the soul of this team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just... And self-made, self-made is great, right? We, I mean, we can both agree that yeah. I think self-made is a great jungler. Yeah, but it just had a really disappointing week. Didn't show up yeah. on the Lee Sin, uh, even though we see, we've seen him do some crazy things on Lee Sin before. Just, just didn't show up. Um and, you know, admittedly, Fnatic are still in fifth place at the moment with seven wins and eight losses. But that's only two wins ahead of last place. So there is a chance that they're going to end up outside the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's which is just so which you would never expect. Uh, it's just been a terrible week. Selfmade didn't play great in either of the games. In my opinion, he was kind of the. I wouldn't want to pin it on him specifically, but again, yeah, it's just, I mean, for Rogue, Larson had a great game on Azir. It's just mm-hmm. nothing you can really do against it. Nemesis didn't show up. Records didn't show up. So nobody self-made. It's you, the people you would expect to show up and carry just didn't, and they haven't been for a little while now. Yeah. Disappointing. Disappointing stuff, actually, mm. from Fnatic. Yeah. And so as we come to kind of the end of the split with only one week left, who do you think is going to join Mad and Rogue to make the playoffs? Because it's only those top six teams that are in the points. Yeah. Um, it would be so cool to see Shulker there. But we're going to have to wait and see how, how they do. I mean, they've been playing really well. But I would I would hope for a Fnatic to be there and G2 most likely. Probably SK as well, depending on how, how their week goes. Um, seeing those six teams be there would be would be insane. Um, yeah. Vitality? Probably not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Vitality had a 1-1 week. Pretty standard stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the teams that we kind of expect to make it going forward are your SKG2 and Fnatic SK because they look really good and they're currently in third place. Yes. And we kind of expect G2 and Fnatic to really win some games when it actually matters the most. I agree. They always they always show up when it matters, um, especially on stage. Yeah, so we, we can hope that kind of will come come through and transfer yes. to the final week. Yes, indeed. 
Anything else you wanted to talk about Europe? Any other games that caught your eye? Uh, I don't think so. I, I can't remember if there was anything else I wanted to talk about. No. I mean, those were the main games that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So let's go on and round out our first episode by talking about the LCK. Yeah. Now, this is only week seven of the LCK, as they have a 10-week split with not every team playing two matches a week. Mm. And, you know, coming into this week, it was definitely a battle of the top of the league versus the bottom of the league. Barring the Damwon DRX game, it did feel like a lot of the better teams were looking to secure some more solid beat, some more solid wins to solidify their standing at the top of the table. Yeah. And that's definitely what happened. Some of these big powerhouse Korean teams took out the trash against the lower teams. Yes. Like, you know, we look at Genji uh, winning, like Genji with a really easy 2-0 against Solhei One Prince, yep. absolutely beating up on the bottom place team at the moment. And you have to feel bad for for Solhei One Prince, but Genji looked great and they're having a real renaissance at the end of this split. Yeah, I agree. They've been playing really well recently. Um, mm-hmm. working their way, they've been working their way up the standings for for a long time now and they've got that third place spot so really well done to yeah and i think and i think they deserve it they look like the third place team you know Uh, not they're not above those big names like t1 and africa freaks yeah um the biggest game of the week definitely was the damwon drx game yes 100 percent having Having only played two weeks ago, three weeks ago, sorry, um, DRX secured that first win, two to one. However, I think, at least in my opinion, a lot of people's opinion, Danwan looked like the better team in that first series. And that's definitely what we got to see this time. Yes, Danwan, at least in game one, absolutely dominated the game. They, yeah. They, didn't let DRX get into the game whatsoever. It was a 28 to 3 in kills or something like that in that game. Uh, and the gold yeah, lead was like crazy. 20k by the end of the game. Just absolutely dominated them. Showmaker obviously doing as he does best on the Zoe. <laughs> that was a great pick for game one. Yeah. He looked he looked amazing on that Zoe. Really, really controlling the mid lane yep. and against... Canyons. So. What was an interesting draft, a really interesting draft from DRX in that first game. Yeah. What's your opinion on the Heimerdinger Senna bot lane that DRX brought out against Aphelios Thresh? Well, I think it could probably be like a big. If it if it succeeded, it would have been good. I feel like, but unfortunately, we just didn't get to see it shine in the game. Maybe they'll play it again. I'm not sure. It, I mean, it it did what it was supposed to do in the early game, right? They were constantly pushing in the lane. They had quite a lot of pressure, but it just didn't seem to do enough in the mid to late game. Whereas, you know, the Aphelios really started to take off. I feel like the the goal with this this bot lane was to try and get bot priority early game, make sure you can secure those dragons Mm -hmm. and those objectives early game. 
Um, unfortunately, it just didn't translate into mid yeah. or late, and for them, they just got ruined. And that's and that's the crazy thing because, um, you know, when we look at these two teams being the two top teams from Korea, their bot lane is one of the biggest mismatch points. For the side of DRX, you've got Deft and Kyria, who look like possibly the best bot lane in Korea at the moment. Yeah. And someone definitely have a, uh, you know, a less carry oriented bot lane, especially with Ghost. Beryl has looked amazing all this split, definitely. But Ghost traditionally hasn't been the super hard carry bot laner, but he looked amazing, especially in that first game, ending up at five, one and eight mm. on the Aphelios, really taking opportunities against this uh, DRX side. Yeah, I agree. I think he played really well. Aphelios, again, being really strong um, before the nerf, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I think that the set, the set pick was really good. Canyon played extremely well on set. Again, the whole yeah. team comp just worked really nicely. And now, talk to me about the second game, because I have never seen a team get more outdrafted uh, yeah. in recent history. I think that the team comp from Dan One was perfect. Yeah. It really was. I agree. Because they had, they had Camille, uh, Wait, what's the team comp? Sorry, they had Camille, Carthus, Gallio, and then the Senna Kench bot lane. Yeah. And I don't understand how the team from DRX, which was the Renekton, Olaf, Twisted Fate, and Zyrigan, can ever beat this team. Yeah, I agree. It's just okay. outdraft completely. The, I think the, the top lane mismatch is so massive. The Camille, although it may suffer a tiny bit early, it just immediately, once you get to, you know, level six to level eight kind of area, it immediately starts to beat this Renekton. Yeah. And the Carthus looked brilliant from Canyon, showing that he can play that so well is also a very scary prospect for any teams they're going to come across in the last few weeks and into playoffs. Mm. Just absolutely taking over massively out farming he was almost a hundred farm ahead against an olaf at the end of the yeah, game which is nice like, you usually expect an olaf to just absolutely dominate the jungle at least especially yeah. in recent times. and this is a great and it's a great style from showmaker also because yeah they gave chovy the tf but they said we'll match that with our galio on showmaker and galio looked amazing in yeah, this game. I agree. And I just think that was... They really showed how flawed this DRX lineup can be sometimes um, against teams that are willing to play a little bit slower and really utilise some of these more scaling picks. Yeah. Without a doubt. And... Um... Just the usage of their toolkits, their 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 ability sets. I just think, dr. Uh, sorry, um, fucking, damn one gaming, just played so much better, like in general. Yeah. But apart from that, it was, 
mostly two O's this week. We had Dunwon playing a second series against Homewell Life Esports and yeah. pretty handily two O'ing them. Yeah, that was an easy T1 had a great week this week. A definite team we should definitely talk about because they had a change in their mid lane, which might surprise some people. Yeah. But you look at the teams that they were playing against. They were playing against KT and Sandbox. So uh, two middle to lower teams. And they 2 owed both of those with Closer, their substitute mid laner, subbing in for Faker in all four games. He started both series. And, you know, I think Closer looked really good. I would definitely like to see more of him. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought he was actually really good. Um... And, and I mean, the picks that he was playing, you know, he had won a Carly game, but then he had his Zoe three times. Yeah, I mean, his Zoe was really good. Game. And he looked great on it, you know. He really did, and he was able to control those games really well, and surprisingly so, work really well with Cuz, actually, I think. Yeah. Which is a little bit surprising for the substitute player. You wonder how much time they've had to practice together. And if it's not a lot and they come out with a performance like this, then that definitely is something to kind of look forward to, being able to change out these players, possibly, if you look at Faker, maybe not playing some more of the aggressive picks as well. Mm, I definitely agree. I think Closer's Zoe uh, was really, really nice. And like you said, worked well with Kaz. Uh, yeah. Especially in in their games against T1, uh, I was uh, oh sorry KT rather. I was I was particularly surprised by the way that he was able to just pretty much dominate the game, get a huge CS lead early, and just pretty much dominate. But again, yeah. again Teddy getting the huge CS lead, playing well on his Zyre in the first game there. Yeah, and he and he looks great, and I think that's what you expect to be one of the stable points for this T1 lineup, mm. definitely. And and Kanner on the uh, on the Vlad. It's really, really, really nice to yeah. see. Kanner having some carry performances this week. He played the Camille twice yeah. and looked great on both of it. And I think the Camille pick, it's really, LCK really is strong. one of the only regions which I think is using it enough because it looks great. I agree, yeah. The Camille top is so, so, so strong, especially late game. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can get it at six, like six with uh, Camille and you can just pretty much, you're able to roam, you're able to secure objectives and you're able to solo kill. So there's nothing Camille can't do, really. And she's great for yeah. team fights. She looks super strong at the moment and I think teams aren't willing to pick her up enough at the moment. Yeah. I think there's too high of a priority on champions like Renekton, where I would much prefer to be blind-picking the Camille, actually. Mm. Stronger laner, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, like, maybe you struggle in the first, in the first like, 10-15 minutes of the game, but it just makes it so unplayable for the Renekton against the Camille after 15 minutes, essentially. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Yeah, and it was a very straightforward week for um, the LCK this week. Uh-huh. So there isn't as much to talk about. And obviously, we can we can kind of touch on some of the standings implications, but we've still got three weeks left. So lots of these middle-of-the-pack teams have got an opportunity to really decide their fate at the moment. The only teams that are 
locked out of playoffs at the bottom two with um, Hongwa Life and Seoul Prince. Yes. We've still got this block of six teams that have the opportunity to make it in or out of playoffs with both Dragon X and Down One being locked in as the uh, into playoffs at least. Yeah. It would be it would be interesting to see who will make playoffs with KT in seventh, Dynamics in eight, uh, in eighth. It'd be very interesting to see who does well this week. I mean, we've got a few, we've got a few weeks left, so anything could really happen. Except, yep. I'm not sure those ninth and tenth places are gonna make it to the playoffs. Unfortunately, they can't. They they've been locked out now. Ah, uh, there you go. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But they haven't had very good splits at all. One and twelve for both of them. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you know um, you never want a team to struggle that much. No. But at least it does mean that the other teams, especially the ones towards the top of the playoffs, is still a very interesting picture to look at because yes. we've still got you know Genji and T1 fighting to simply secure a playoff spot. And hopefully they'll be able to do that next week. But if they start dropping some games to teams like Dynamics and Sandbox, it could get quite risky for some of those teams. Yes, without a doubt. And T, I mean, T1 play Dynamics, as do a Freak of Freaks. Um, and so we really could see the middle of the table start to compact if some of our perennially great teams in Korea struggle more. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. You wouldn't expect Sandbox to uh, or Dynamics to beat either of those either of those teams really though, but if they do, I mean, T one they may they may be less favoured against, but I think Afrika they actually have a decent chance to at least go to three games. Yeah, Especially with how good we've seen Rich being uh, on the side of Dynamics. Mm. I just think that you can never quite count them out. And I think he'll have quite a good matchup into Keen on the side of Afrika. Yeah, I agree. It will be, it'll be a very interesting to see. We've got a few weeks left before, before anything's decided. So Definitely. Okay, that wraps up the show for today unless you've got anything else you'd like to add uh, I don't think so brilliant so thank you everyone for listening you can find this podcast on YouTube uh, as a video podcast uh, on my channel that's just Josh Waite or you can search for Weighing In um, the League of Legends talk show check out both of our Twitters Yep. I am at Josh underscore weight, I think, and you are at Ollie underscore weight underscore there. They're below our below our cameras anyway. Below our cameras, because I can never remember it, so I just yep. put them down there. Um, and this is also available as an audio version on Spotify and iTunes. So yep. all the links um, to these will be out. in the description as well. Yep, and. Stick around because we'll have some more videos coming out in the weeks and this will be a weekly podcast to be released every Monday. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the games and we will speak to you all next week. Goodbye.